When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Let's talk big deals and making money, two of my favorite subjects. When I took over sales at the family business, my dad said, hey, you are one massive account away, one big deal away from changing your life financially and the trajectory of the business. So it got me pretty fired up and he actually told me a story years ago. He sold a tremendously large deal to a public company, like doubled the business overnight and it allowed him to buy our family a lake house, which was pretty cool at the time. And as I think back to my software sales career, my biggest single payday from one deal was like $15,000, $16,000. So not life-changing, but got me pretty fired up getting that paycheck, not gonna lie to you. I'm currently going after about five to seven Fortune 50 companies. <laughs> Called on Amazon, CVS, Discount Drug Mart, McKesson, Cardinal Health. I am going after the big dogs and I'm a one-man sales wrecking crew. So the three primary strategies I'm using to find and close these massive enterprise deals that anyone can replicate is a, is a top-down, bottoms-up prospecting approach. It is executive alignment multi-threading and then it's understanding the decision process, decision criteria. And these are three simple concepts that hopefully all of you guys have heard of, but I'm gonna talk about in depth here today based on real life application and how I'm actually doing it, not just something I read on a book or read in an article. But I want you guys to think about this first, that the big deals require the same amount of work as the small deals, but the big deals, they count for way more. When you get that paycheck at the end of the month and you're thinking, I can go on this trip, I can do a down payment on this mortgage, I can buy a gift for someone for the holidays, those big deals will open up all of these possibilities. That's why it's so important. The thing is the big deals count for way more. So why not go after the biggest and best accounts? You know in your book of business, there's a handful of accounts that if you can break in, it will totally change your life. So I'm just as excited on the first call, the first email trying to penetrate these accounts than I am on the hundredth or the thousand touch point because it's always just a matter of time and these big companies, they're very slow and they're very bureaucratic and it's very complicated to get into. But never lose sight of the fact that it only takes one. Organizations are groups of people. It only takes one person, one outreach to reach them at the right day, the right time, with the right message for you to get your meeting and then open up that opportunity for you, you to close your massive deal and totally change your life. So let, let's talk about that here today. Beginning with top-down, bottoms-up prospecting, the way I like to think about this is when you're looking at an organizational hierarchy, which is basically the account map, 
you have frontline employees that are working in the store, you have managers that are overseeing those employees, making sure they clock in, they clock out. You've got directors who oversee, let's say, 10 stores. You've got VPs that oversee the directors in all the stores. And then you've got the C-levels, the chief executive officer, the CEO, the COO, the chief operating officer, the CFO, the chief financial officer. You have different levels in this organizational structure. So top-down is self-explanatory. You are going directly for the top. You are calling the VP and C-level executive decision makers, the folks that most likely control the budget and will be able to make a decision on bringing you on as a partner. It's harder to get a hold of these folks at the top, but it's much more meaningful if you can speak with them directly. Bottoms up is going directly to the bottom. So this is going to the lower level folks, the people who are most likely gonna be managing your program if you're selling software, they're gonna be the program manager. So as you think about what they care about, the bottom level people care much more about transactional, not losing their job, how can they look good, keeping things simple and the actual usability of the program. They care about the features and functionality. Whereas the executives, they care about business outcomes. They care about making the company more money, saving the company money, and mitigating risk. So when you're thinking about reaching out to these different people, you wanna be a little bit more customized and tailored to those C-level executives, the top, and then just, you can really spray and pray and do a lot of volume with the bottom level. And you wanna go after both of them. And, and, and the idea is you start at the top and you're eventually gonna to have to get to the bottom. And when you're at the bottom, you're eventually gonna to have to work your way at the top. So when you start at both extremes, eventually you'll find somewhere in the middle, some director, some VP that someone's able to introduce you to, and that will be your way into the organization. So think about what level of prospect you're calling and based on their level, their needs will change. And, and a real life example that helps me visualize this is think about an organization, right? Each department has their own goals and those department goals roll up into the organizational goals. Each of those employees have their own goals, their personal goals. They want to hit quota. They want to get promoted. That aligns with the department goals and then that rolls up to the organizational goals. So just because someone has a goal of getting promoted, that may not align with the organizational goal of cutting costs and firing employees. There may not be enough jobs to go around to, for them to even be promoted. So you need to understand these things, the company news, the state of the finances for the business, how they make money, who are their competitors, and use all this information to tailor your messaging to go after all of these stakeholders. When you eventually do get a meeting, it's much easier to get a meeting at the bottom with a manager or director eventually you are going to need to do something what's called multi-threading. And this is the next piece of the prospecting strategy. This is multi-threading and getting executive alignment. So typically in an average B2B sales cycle, it includes anywhere from three to seven decision makers. Sometimes it can be way more. Sometimes it can just be a single contact, but if it's a single contact, then they're not that big of an organization. So therefore their budget is probably much lower able to spend on your product, good service, solution. So whenever you're speaking with one of these lower level people, you're eventually gonna to have to be mindful of, well, who do they report to? 
hey, in order for us to do business with you, who would eventually need to sign on the dotted line? You need to understand these things so that when you are on that initial call with a bottoms up, a lower level prospect, eventually you need to bring their leaders into the call. You need to have some sort of FaceTime with those executives. And a good way to think about this is once you establish that the contact you're speaking with has a pain that you can solve, they have some sort of visibility into the process, and they agree to continue the conversation with you, what I usually do is I'm gonna be looking at LinkedIn Navigator ahead of that call, so I have an idea of who they report to in the organizational hierarchy, and I'll say, yeah, Jeff, I know that you work with Joe, Joe's maybe the VP or the C-level, would Joe care about something like this? Or, or who, who else would be involved in a program like this? Who else stands to benefit? Ask them these questions. So once you have an idea of who these people are, push, push them and say, hey, so can we include Joe, Jeff, Ruby? Can we include them on our next meeting? What would it take to get them on the phone? You wanna have FaceTime with these folks. And if your prospect cannot bring them on, then you've tested them as a champion and they may just be a cheerleader, meaning they're gonna cheer for you, they like your solution, your product, but they can't actually help you get it done. So this is very important and it potentially is a red flag. What you also can do is start reaching out to these folks directly. So you can send an email and say, hey, I spoke with Joe, this is what we talked about, just wanted to inform you, no action items on your end, I thought you would find it interesting. That's one option, or if you do have the chance to speak with them, always send them individual follow-up emails with your understanding of what the action items were, what you talked about, and just get their feedback. You just probe into them. You don't always need to meet with them, but you wanna understand where you stand with these different folks and reasonably set expectations. Hey, how does this fit on your current list of priorities? You need to understand all of these things so that you can start multi-threading because the, the more champions, the more folks you have advocating for you, the better chance you have of winning the deal and for that deal to be bigger. Because as one of my friends, Nate Nisralla says, selling happens when you're not actually in the room. So you need to equip your buyers to be champions to then get your purchase, get your deal done on your behalf. And that takes us into the final segment, which is gonna be decision process, decision criteria. So depending on what you're selling, you need to understand does my solution even meet your requirements? What are your requirements? What is your pain? Why does that matter to the business? What if you do not do anything now? You need to understand the consequences if they don't do anything or if they do do anything, what does success look like? If we get back together in a year from now, what do we need to say has been accomplished? So once you understand that your product or your service meets the requirements, then you need to ask them about the decision process. Okay, so, have you done something like this before? How do we actually work with you? And they're gonna say, oh yeah, well, I need to bring on Ruby. She actually signs the contract. Okay, well, does Ruby know about this? Have you been talking to Ruby? When do you speak with Ruby next? Does she approve it? Is there a committee? Can she sign the contract? Oh no, we actually have a procurement team and then you need to do a legal review and then you need to do an IT review and then we can finally have Ruby's boss, Susan, do the signature. And now you're thinking, oh man, we're actually much further away from this deal than we thought we were because we don't understand the decision process. We don't even understand how they get the deal done. We don't even understand how we can work with them. And some of you may be thinking, well, Trent, this is a little pushy. We're, we're being aggressive. We're asking them some tough questions. 
if you think about it from this perspective of in order for you to best serve them, you need to understand how they buy and you need to educate them on how they can best buy your product and how they can best work with. So you gotta ask these questions, you gotta address the red flags and you gotta call it out. So whenever you're going top down, reach out to the executives or bottoms up, you're able to get as much executive alignment as possible and you're able to understand that decision process so that whenever you have the chance to actually speak with these people and start a sales cycle, it's going to increase your odds of closing the deals for larger amounts and sooner rather than later. If you found value in today's video, hit the thumbs up button now and subscribe to the channel to support it. And for more videos just like this one, it would mean a lot to me if you connect with me on LinkedIn. If we have not already, I'm gonna leave a link to my LinkedIn in the description below. And of course, I read and respond to every single one of the comments. Your guys' support means the world to me. Thanks so much for watching here today.